Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrooks. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18plusbegambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hello and welcome to the Game Day podcast from TalkSport. The biggest day in the FA Cup calendar is upon us. It's third round weekend with shocks aplenty and surprises galore. I'm not entirely sure there'll be too many this weekend, but let's look at it with the FA Cup guru Phil Anitz from the FA Cup Fact File, Darren Ambrose, an FA Cup winner from 1997, Chelsea against Middlesbrough, superstar Scott Minto. It's all on the Game Day podcast from TalkSport. Yes, it's FA Cup weekend. Uh, let's speak to a man who knows what it's like to win the FA Cup. Scott Minto, just tell us about being in that bath afterwards with that big trophy, <laughs> celebrating with Rude Hullet. What was it like? Yeah, Rude Hullet, Gianfranco Zola, Gianluca Vialli, Robbie okay, Dimitri. Stop name dropping now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I could go on. Uh, look, I'll be honest with you, I, I think the FA Cup um, is not as important as it used to be, is not as important as it should be. And I actually feel that the fourth place in the Premier League should go, um, should lose out to that that Champions League spot, whoever wins the FA Cup. And I say that not because I won the FA Cup, actually, but because what it meant to me growing up in the 70s and 80s, where it really meant something and was the big day of the whole year. So, look, it was brilliant, mate. I know, um, you know, you were there, weren't you, in 97? All right. Uh, it, it was a it was a fantastic day for Chelsea. It was their first major trophy for twenty six years, and 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 my only major trophy as well. So it was the best day of my footballing career. So yeah, got great memories. Uh, Darren Ambrose, were any of your goals of the season for Crystal Palace in 2009, 10, 2010, 11, 2011, 12 in the FA Cup? Uh, well, yeah, the the first one, two thousand nine, ten, was against Aston Villa. Um, I think it was the round of sixteen. It was a free kick. Um, can't remember the distance, but yeah, that was uh, that that one goal of the season that that season, and yeah, I, I agree with with Scott. Growing up, the FA Cup was everything to me as a as a football player. I remember watching the build up, and then watching the players arrive. Uh, of course, being a Tottenham fan, I remember the '91 FA Cup final like it was like it was yesterday. I was only seven, but you know, apart from '08, that's the only trophy I've got to celebrate in terms of supporting a football team. So it was a uh, it was magnificent um, growing up, and, and and the FA Cup was was something that I always wanted to grow up and play in as a as a football player. I managed to managed to play in it, obviously, and I got to the semi final with Newcastle um, against Manchester United. And from before coming on the podcast, every story I tell, I, I, I always say I got to the semi final of the FA Cup. So I'd done a little bit of research, a little bit of digging, and I actually I didn't I didn't even get on the bench. From from this moment, I've been saying to everyone that I was on the bench. It was at the Millennium Stadium. It was when Wembley was getting redone. So I was, we played at the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff. And I didn't make the bench. Absolutely devastated. So cheers for having me on this podcast, bringing back that bad memory. Well, the good news is, is that you didn't even realise you weren't on the bench. Exactly. I, I thought, yeah, definitely. That, that's as far as I've got in the FA Cup semi-final. Uh, didn't actually come on the pitch, but... When I looked, I wasn't in the, uh, I think it was 16 at the time with five subs. I weren't in the 16, so I was in the stands. So what's the furthest you actually got then? Well, I'd say, well, it's quarters, quarterfinal. So I, I was on the bench, I believe, you definitely in the quarterfinal. Play in the quarterfinal. I, I haven't checked, but do you it, want it, do, do... In, this, in this story, yes, I was on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> so in the final, um, for, my, for, for 23 years, I had in my head that I made, I, I, made the assist to the assist of the Robbie DiMatteo goal after 40-odd seconds. I threw the ball to Wisey, uh, who then passed it to Robbie, who ran 80 yards and stuck it in the in, in the in the top bin. Um, and I only watched it. I didn't even watch the whole game. I haven't watched the whole game back, but I only watched it, uh, the goal. Someone sent a link to me, and it wasn't me. And it, it was, I think we won the ball back. So for 20-odd years, I, I made the assist to the assist to the goal. Um, and actually, the truth is that I didn't. So, um, Where, where's, the, where's the medal, mine, Scotty? But... Where's, where's, where's the FA Cup medal? 
you know what? For 20 odd years, uh, my dad had it. And I think it's just behind me now uh, in the drawer because he gave it back to me about, about two years ago. So I haven't yeah. got it out. For twenty for twenty years it was it was with my it was with my dad, meaning for twenty years I've been wearing it like a medallion round my neck underneath <laughs> the t shirt that I'm wearing. I'd I'd be wearing it, definitely, that's that's for sure. Yep. Uh Phil Annitz is uh, here, he's from the FA Cup Fat File. Uh hello Phil, you're right? Yes, I'm very well, thanks, Sam. Uh, do you have any stats about Darren Ambrose being in the <laughs> FA Cup? <laughs> yeah, my record suggests he's never been in the FA Cup semi final. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, oh, we, we could rely on you. Um, uh, what are you looking forward to most over this weekend? What's the what's the most interesting thing that's happening this weekend? You think? Well, I, I, as a fan of the FA Cup, the whole the whole round is uh, is extremely exciting. Um, I want to take a little bit of issue with what Scott said earlier about uh, the FA Cup not being important. I think it's only not important in the eyes of the club chairman or chairwomen. Um, everyone else involved in the game still love the FA Cup. The, the players and the fans in particular. So uh, for them, uh, going on a cut run, just ask the Newcastle fans what they would like to do this year. Going on a cut run would be something that they'd love in indeed. So yes, uh, a, a lot of um, great ties coming up this weekend um, and I uh, look forward to uh, seeing some shocks over the weekend too. Yes, we may well get some shocks, that is for sure. Um, a trip to Wembley for the FA Cup final always always will remain the most special day uh okay let's start off then with some uh, shocks of the weekend we don't really believe do we that there's going to be too many shocks this weekend when we were going through the sort of details of who might beat who scott we sort of suggested that they might be few and far between but we always say that um i've gone for wolves to beat liverpool on saturday night i was with wolves um in midweek and i spoke to julian lepetegui afterwards and he was talking about the need to improve his squad i wonder if he'll rotate a little bit but they, uh, they're, they're full of energy. They've got a lot more uh, desire. They're winning the ball back higher up the pitch now. And they, they're moving it really well. They passed the ball really well, Wolverhampton Wanderers. And I just wonder if Liverpool take their foot off the gas, then it may well be them. Who, you, who do you think will cause the biggest upset, Scott? Uh, biggest upset? Again, I, I, I've sort of gone through it. And I'm at the Gillingham-Leicester game. That would be a massive one if that were to happen. Gillingham bottom of League Two. Um, and don't score any goals ever. Absolutely, and and Neil Harris, he's 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 having it tough, isn't he? Relegated last season, could be relegated again this season. Um, who knows? You know, Hull v Fulham is is an interesting one. Hull have won the last two. Liam Rossini has gone in. He's lost just once since he took over. Um, Borough Brighton. How did Brighton face it? Borough, you know, Mickey Carrick's gone in there and done really well. I know Phil's team leads that. You know, that's a proper cup tie that, isn't it? Down at Cardiff. Yeah. But that's a one. But I'm going to go for one. It's probably not as big a shock as, as you'd say, if you really look at the tables. Burnley at Bournemouth. But, but technically speaking, it's the Championship side up against the Premier League side at, at the home of the Premier League side as well. I think Burnley have been superb. I, you know, I was worried about them getting close to relegation again this season. Yet he's turned it around, uh, Vincent Company, so well. So, look, I think they're 14 points clear of Blackburn in third. So it's not one of those where... You can be affected by it. Just go and win all the games. And it's amazing. I don't think managers take enough thought of the mental aspect of whether things are not going well in the league or whether things are going well in the league. If you have a good cup run, okay, the physical side means you're having an extra game or two, but the mental side is you're feeling really good, whether it's an escape for the league or just a continuation of what's happening. So I'm going to go for Burnley at Bournemouth. Uh, Darren Ambrose, where's the shock? I agree with with you both. Actually, there's it looks looks like there won't be many shocks, but you never know. This is the FA Cup, uh, as Phil will tell you. There's been many years where you think there's never going to be shocks, and there always it is. I was nearly involved in one: uh, Newcastle versus Yedi, uh, almost almost knocked us out, which would have been awful for my career. But we ended up turning it around, getting a two 0 win. Um, if I look at it, I think Stevenage against Aston Villa potentially. Um, that that looks like Stevenage flying high in, in League Two. Aston Villa a bit a bit a bit bitty season uh, this season under Unai Emery since he's taken over. Um, I'd be I would be surprised if there was a shock there. But I'm going to go with one that Scott did mention. I'm going to say Gillingham against Leicester, and I, I, I say this because Gillingham bottom of League Two can't score a goal as you said, but the FA Cup do crazy things and and. Leicester under Brendan Rodgers not having a fantastic season at all. They're turning it around. Then they're 
very inconsistent off the back of a few poor results in the Premier League. They need this victory. So a lot of pressure is going to be on Leicester. So if there's going to be a shock, I'm going to, I'm, I'm pushing towards bottom of League Two, Gillingham to beat Leicester City. Um, we've got loads of live games on TalkSport, starting with Manchester United, Everton. We'll go through them all over the course of the next uh, half an hour or so. Uh, Saturday, Tottenham against Portsmouth is live on TalkSport, while Gillingham Leicester is on uh, TalkSport 2. Blackpool, Nottingham Forest on 2 at 3. Brentford, West Ham, that's also on TalkSport 2 at 5.30. Liverpool versus Wolves back on TalkSport at 8. Sunday, a mammoth day. We've got Cardiff Leeds, then Manchester City versus Chelsea, and then Monday night, it's Oxford against Arsenal. Uh, Phil, in terms of uh, shocks and quirky stats, what have you got for us? Well, it's interesting that uh, none of you suggested that Oxford United might beat Arsenal. Um, I don't know what it is about the fact that Arsenal are way ahead in the Premier League and they're the best team ever in the FA Cup and that have beaten Oxford both times and met them before that makes you think they won't uh, won't get beaten by them. But uh, quite often I've seen in, in a trend is that you know the last game of the round tends to be the one that delivers on the on the shock uh, and particularly if we haven't had that many beforehand so um, we've seen it quite a lot of times when the Monday night game has produced uh, a surprise result so um, Oxford will be up for that but it would be the it would be the upset of the round if it came off absolutely Oxford aren't particularly going well in their in their uh, domestic league form but to take on an Arsenal team that might be much changed might well be uh, very different indeed. Right, let's get to the weekend live on Talk Sports, starting off on Friday night. It's going to be a massive game for Everton, who are under the cosh. The start of one of the very best weekends of the footballing calendar. Round three of the FA Cup. Rashford's gone on and scored! What a goal! What a wonderful goal! Damari Gray! You have to love... The FA Cup. You have to love the third round. And Portsmouth are sailing through on the south coast. Kane again. This time he scores. Leicester lead in the FA Cup final. And it's Yuri Tulemans. Drinking in Nottingham Forest fans. You go marching on in the FA Cup. And it's that man, Ivan Tony again. It is Simicast. Left foot in. Liverpool win the FA Cup. Look, this is a competition that makes heroes. Well, surely this can't be anything other than a routine win for Manchester United. Manchester United, I saw them on Tuesday night. They were pretty controlled in the first half, very good against Bournemouth, and got a bit casual in the second half. But they changed the, almost their entire defence. They certainly changed the makeup of, of uh, three of their four of their back four. They brought in Harry Maguire and Victor Lindelof and shifted Luke Shaw out to left back where obviously he usually plays uh, but they'll bring back Lissandro Martinez for this game and they may well bring back one or two other big hitters as well Anthony was out with an injury they've got Charlton on Tuesday night so that might be the game where they rest their players Scott ahead of the Manchester derby which could spell trouble for Everton how dare you say that Manchester United would take that Charlton game easily Sam honestly that's a massive game for them no no you're right look I think when you when you look at United and what the job that Ten Hag has done, it's, it's been nothing short of sensational with turning it around, what he's had to deal with off and on the pitch. And they're in a really good place right now. You know, you, you talk about Luke Shaw, for example, playing out of position, doing really well. Marcus Rashford is back. You know, Christian Eriksen struck up a really good relationship with Casemiro. I, 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 the only thing I'd say to this one is, Everton went to the Etihad recently and nicked a draw. So when it comes to five at the back, pressure off, not expected anything, not in front of their own fans, Everton could do a job here. I'd still expect United to win this game and, and win it comfortably in the end, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's level or just one goal in it at half time and, and then United win it later on. Uh, there's loads of talk about Frank Lampard and his future because of the result in midweek against uh, Brighton. But the truth is, Darren Ambrose, is that He's hamstrung, isn't he? he? His best player in Richarlison was sold during the summer. He hasn't been able to bring anybody in. He's in a situation where he, he can't spend money in the January transfer window because uh, FFP problems. So, so what is he supposed to do? He's working with players that have been gathered by managers going back to, to David Moyes. I mean, this is a hodgepodge of a squad. It's very difficult, isn't it? Yeah, he is extremely difficult for, for Frank and he's trying his best. What what I liked about Frank is when he first arrived at the football club, 
he he got the fans immediately onside, and it, it's smart play for a manager. And I feel that's bought him a lot of time. We, I was looking at the squad the other day, and I was thinking there's no sell on from anyone. Uh, it, so the, how they're running that football club is is all wrong. It's not it's not Frank Lampard. It's it's the ownership, Mashiri um, uh, uh, at the very top. They're buying players or they're loaning players that have no sell on value whatsoever. With with Frank, he can't legislate for some of the, the, the decisions, some of the mistakes that's been happening in the Premier League. Now, this is probably a welcomed um, distraction for for them, for Everton, in terms of going to Manchester United. There'll be no pressure on them to, to get a result, in my opinion. Is is he still going to be there? There's a lot of rumours that, that he won't. Um, but if, if, if they're looking to uh, part ways with he'll Frank still, Lampard... He'll still be there by the time kickoff comes. Well, if, if that's what I mean. If, 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 if they were going to get rid of him, it has to be done now. It has to be done before the game. So he's still going to be there. The players just need to take some responsibility and it's not... The, the buck stops with the manager. We know that. Scott will tell you exactly the same. It, it stops with the manager. But players have to take some responsibility. They, these are not bad players overnight and they're, they're, they're just... The confidence is a big issue. Uh, they're not playing with freedom. They're not happy, it doesn't look like. So it could kickstart their domestic um, league as well, their league form. Scott, I think there is pressure on Frank Lampard going into Friday night's game. It's live on uh, the television, live on the radio. It's all eyes on Old Trafford. The idea that he could get away with a narrow defeat here, I, I don't think is, is true. I, I think they, they have to put up a really good performance. Otherwise, the toxicity, which has already sort of permeated the walls of Goodison Park, is only going to get louder. No, I, look, I know what you mean, Sam, but I think in terms of this one, if it is a narrow defeat and they play well and they play OK, they're, they're, they're not shocking. I think this is a game, I agree with Darren, I think this is a game where no one really expects them to, to, to win. Um, it, it's the home form. And, you know, what I would say about these players is that, you know, half a billion pounds has been spent. I feel sorry for the owner as much as I feel sorry for Frank because he's... Well, he spent bad. it. He spent it, exactly. And it's just been badly spent. Marcel Brands, you know, that he's not there anymore, but just spent wrongly. I so, think Mashiri was making a lot of the decisions, Scott, to be honest with you. I think he was he was sitting there in his little ivory tower shouting out names of players that he could bring into the club if he spent this money. So I think I think he's been choosing players. I think he's been involved in the recruitment process above and beyond those that are that, that are supposed to be doing that job. Well, if that's the case, then he has got only himself to blame, you know. But, but again, he's put half a billion pounds in there, so you could argue that, you know, he should be having a say. I don't know. The honest answer is I don't know. But the bottom line is those players now, when they go out, especially at Goodison Park, they're scared. You know, they need character. It's not actually about talent anymore in those situations. It's about character. And I don't believe they've got the players to have the character to deal with playing in front of the Goodison faithful where, you know, it is toxic right now. And um, I, it is a big game for Frank. If they lose heavily, then, then it could go pear-shaped. But... I don't necessarily agree that if it's a, a narrow defeat that he will get the sack off that because I don't see anyone really expecting him to go there and win. I don't know if he'll get the sack, but I don't think that the uh, the pressure will lessen on him unless they get something special at Old Trafford. Everton have lost two of their last three away games by at least two goals. Um, Friday night kickoff, Phil, what have you got for us on Manchester United-Everton? Well, Manchester United-Everton is the most common tie of the third round. They've met each other 12 times in the competition in the past. And uh, they both have beaten each other six times each. So, you know, on past form, there's nothing to suggest who will win in terms of the FA Cup. And, of course, they've both met in a final twice, uh, with each winning 1-0 uh, on different occasions in the 80s and 90s. Um, I, think, I think Ten Hag wants to win a trophy this year, and the FA Cup's his best opportunity and so he'll be keen to, to uh, win this game. And Manchester United have not failed to progress beyond this round uh, over the last nine years. So I don't think that will change. And I think they'll see themselves in the fourth round. Um, interesting, because at the beginning of the season, you think Europa League, oh, yeah, that's the best route to uh, getting success. Oh, the, the League Cup, there's only a couple of games in that. By the time you get to January, it's like the FA Cup is definitely <laughs> the best route, especially if you draw Barcelona in the Europa League. Uh, that is for sure. Um, I think you're right about him wanting to win trophies. I spoke to him on Tuesday night. Very focused, very clear guy. He is like so direct. He'll just tell you what he's thinking. And I think one of the things that has really helped the Manchester United players is, is they know exactly where they stand with him because his clear communication is so uh, direct and apparent. 
Saturday sees loads of fixtures, including at three o'clock Middlesbrough versus Brighton, Millwall versus Sheffield United, Shrewsbury versus Sunderland, Spurs Pompey before that on Talk Sport on Saturday. Pompey have just sacked their manager, Danny Cowley. Um, they were absolutely useless on Sunday when I was there against uh, Charlton Scott. You saw that game as well. What chance have they got of causing Spurs more problems? I mean, Spurs actually did well in midweek, but they were awful on Sat Sunday against Aston Villa. Yeah, and, and things are bubbling uh, underneath, aren't they? And, and, and Darren, being a Spurs fan, can, can tell us exactly what he feels about that. But in terms of Pompey, you're right, they were poor. I mean, Charlton went into the game, both the teams went into the game not having won in 10 weeks. Um, and, and, and Charlton just demolished them. Danny Cowley tried to change things at halftime. But this is one of those where if he was in charge, you'd, you'd absolutely say this could be five or six. It's a strange one because I, I like Danny, but when a manager goes, players just seem to lift themselves, don't they? Even if they're just in a caretaker manager. So, look, I still think Spurs will win this and win this comfortably because Pompey, the players just aren't good enough. Certainly not even against the Spurs' second eleven. But, um, but yeah, they were really, really poor. And it's, it's one of those, a day out, enjoy it because you're not going home still in the uh, FA Cup. I'm telling you now, um, if it doesn't matter if Spurs play the reserves, and I don't care if uh, who's in charge on Saturday, Spurs are going to whack Portsmouth on Saturday afternoon, Darren. So you can put a big smile on your face and think about going through to the fourth round of the FA Cup. And it hurts my heart to see it, but they just, Portsmouth just do not have the, I mean, they just never look like they're going to score a goal for a start. Um, in terms of uh, Tottenham Hotspur, though, this is a priority for them, isn't it? They've got to try and win something under Antonio Conte. They have to. They have to, yeah. And it's famous last words from you there, Sam, and that's concerning for a Spurs support. They they build they build you up, they lift you <laughs> lift you up and then they knock you right back down again. It's inconsistent from from Spurs. A few weeks back I'm thinking, oh, they're nailed on for a top four finish or at least looking nailed on and then uh, a few results after the World Cup break and, and it's all doom and gloom. I think the 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 form of Arsenal is not helping any any Spurs supporter at the moment. They're flying right at the top of the, the the Premier League, and and Spurs are sat in fifth. It's a good performance in midweek, as you said, against Crystal Palace. But I think if you're Portsmouth, you're, you're looking at that game again and thinking they're not scoring in the first half. They're not playing well in the first half. Let's just come out fighting. Let's come out strong. Let's come out quick. The the owners and the manager seem to be playing cat and mouse with a contract situation. They're not getting back till he signs, or he's not signing till he's getting back, and that's not a healthy situation at the moment. I think Antonio Conte needs to stop being so cryptic and and just come out and and if he's signing it, sign the contract, and then he'll get back, he'll get the money. If he wants time, which it seems like he's saying it needs time, the the the, the whatever's happening at the football club needs time. He needs to he needs to commit. He needs to sign the contract, three years, whatever it is, get the issue, get the money. Get all that, put all that to bed. But yeah, this is hugely important for, for Spurs. Out the League Cup, where I, I felt that could have been an opportunity. We need to win something. Like I said, 2008, I believe, or, or since the last trial, or 91, since the FA Cup, it, it's, it's not good enough. Scott and I don't Tottenham. remember the last time that uh, Tottenham won a trophy. Exactly. It's a League Cup game. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not nice. It's, it's, it's not nice because that gets thrown at you all the time as a Spurs supporter. What have you won? What have you won? And that's why Spurs are one of the most hated football clubs in the Premier League at the moment, I believe, because there's a real feeling that we're a top football club, but we're not winning no trophies. We have to go far in this going, tournament. It's going, all, going all Antonio Conte here, siege mentality. Everybody <laughs> hates us. That's not true. Everybody, everybody likes Tottenham because, you know, it's three points lane and all that. Um, <laughs> Simon Bassey uh, will be in interim charge of... Uh, Portsmouth <laughs> of Portsmouth on Saturday following the, uh, the departure of Danny Cowley. He was a youngster, uh, Charlton. Really good lad, Simon Bassey. Really good football person, so I wish him all the best. Uh, Phil, uh, Tottenham against uh, Portsmouth. This was an FA Cup yeah, semi-final. That's right. It? That was the last time they met back in 2010. And uh, the only time Portsmouth have beaten Spurs in the Cup in four attempts. Uh, so different days for Portsmouth, obviously. Um, Tottenham have a, a have a checkered record with the FA Cup. Uh, yeah, they haven't been in the haven't won the final since '91, but uh, they are well going into this season. They were the top scorers in the competition, so they were the first club to score 900 FA Cup goals. Um, so they can get a trophy for that, I guess, if uh, if they want something. Um, <laughs> there you go, Darren. Yeah, I, I, well, I'll take it. Well, they're currently behind Kidderminster, um, 
who scored a couple of goals in the qualifying round. So they need to score about three to retain that trophy. Uh, so would they do it against Portsmouth? There's a good chance that they could do that. Um, they, they, they do tend to get past this third round. They haven't been knocked out at this stage for nine years. So I would expect Spurs to to to, to go on ahead against the Portsmouth side. That are obviously in a little bit of disarray with uh, losing their manager. Brentford against West Ham is live on TalkSport 2 at 5.30. Brentford, one of those sides who will be safe from the drop, but won't really challenge for Europe. Should they be smelling blood against the poor West Ham side? And should they be taking this competition seriously, Scott? Because one of the real irritations amongst supporters is when you've got a team like Brentford who are doing very well in the league, they turn up on third round day, change half their team, get knocked out, and then a route to silverware is gone. And almost their season is ended before they get to the end of January because they're not going to go down and they're not going to get into Europe. Sam, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what Thomas Frank's done there is nothing short of sensational. Absolutely. But, I mean, I've looked at, looking at the Premier League table now and I hate to see Chelsea where they are, but if you go from seventh down, Fulham, Brighton, Brentford, Villa, Palace, you know, they're teams that don't have to worry about relegation and, are, you know, maybe getting into Europe at Europa League no more. Why not go for it? Why not try and give your fans a, a fantastic day out and set the tone? So... I think this is a great opportunity for Brentford being one of many teams against the West Ham side that you have to say, you know, okay, stop the rot against Leeds, but it's a very bad place right now. And West Ham fans want a cut run. You know, they're they're desperate for a cut run themselves, but the pressure on Moisey, that, and then when Europe starts in in the conference, that's going to be tough for him. So Thomas Frank should smell blood here. He should go for it. He should pick a really strong 11 and go through to the next round and, and then feel that something that you can do something special because I, I do think they can this year when you are in this situation that West Ham United are in Darren Ambrose is a cup run welcome I mean you've been involved in some scraps before when you're down at the bottom of the table you've been with Newcastle when you're further towards the top of the table uh, is it a distraction or is it is it a complete hindrance are you thinking Christ just get 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 the FA Cup out of the way and then we can crack back on with what we're supposed to be doing which is staying in the league or, or trying to win the league no, I always felt it was a good distraction, to be honest. I, I I don't know how other players felt about it, but I always felt that if, particularly if you're down the bottom of the league and you're you're scrapping for your lives, I always felt that if if you could get a little cup run together, you get the supporters back on side, and then you go into the league uh, and and you look to improve the form in the league, and with the supporters on side, your confidence is high because you're on a little cup run. Um, it, it makes all the difference. And then you can start picking up performance results and, and points in, in your league, in your domestic leagues as well. So I always felt it was a good distraction. And again, if your form's off, um, you're going into the, the FA Cup and uh, or the League Cup, whatever it may have been, and you you try and change your own form as well to take into the into the Premier League or into the league that whatever league was in. So I enjoyed the FA Cup. And it's kind of, even for the supporters, they forget what's happening in the league and you say right this is a tournament this is a trophy's knockout tournament let's see how far we can get so I, I i loved it and i'm sure a lot of players would would feel the same uh liverpool versus wolves on uh liverpool versus wolves on talksport on saturday night eight o'clock i picked this as my shock of uh the weekend um i just think that uh, liverpool will rest a load of players and because Jurgen klopp always does that phil uh what have you got stats wise on liverpool versus wolves well uh, they've played each other quite a few times in the cup in the past and and wolves actually have a better head-to-head record having won five of the last seven meetings including just uh four seasons ago when they won 2-1 against liverpool um so you know the 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 history suggests that uh, wolves may pull off a shot there um, but also, uh, Liverpool are the holders, of course, of the FA Cup. And uh, on the previous seven times that they've uh, competed in the FA Cup as holders, they've been knocked out in the third round four times. So wow. that's not a good record to have as holders. So you know, they're more likely to get knocked out and get through. So it'd be quite interesting to wow. see, as you said, whether they take this game seriously and or, or whether or not they'll see another third round exit. Ah, shock, shock, shock. You never know. Uh, how much longer are you going to keep making a case for Darwin Nunes, who couldn't score last time out against Brentford? <laughs> yeah, I knew that one was aimed at me. I mean, what do you want? Do you, do you uh, want he's Liverpool been brilliant. To... I actually think he's been brilliant. And the goal that he, he scored, which was ruled offside, was, was a brilliant finish. Do, do you know what? The guy's got everything. And I'm telling you now, as a former defender, I would have kittens the night before if I was up against him. 
He bullies defenders. He bullies six foot four centre halves. He runs the channels. He's got a good touch. He's hard working. The only thing that's missing, you can argue it's the important thing, is sticking the board in the back of the net. But Sam, honestly, you know, he will come good. And with, with the amount of money that's been spent in him, Liverpool aren't doing anything with him. Just keep just keep playing. Simple as that. And the goals will come. Keep plugging away. Uh, Burnley are keeping plugging away and they are flying in the championship. They go to Bournemouth at the weekend. Scott says uh, that this is going to be his upset, Darren. But it's not really an upset at all, is it? I mean, you'd expect Burnley to go there and beat them the way that Burnley are playing, the way that Bournemouth are operating right now. It seems that way, yeah. I think this will be a good game, this. I really do. As you said, Burnley flying right. Well, they 14 points clear a third in the, in the championship. So they, I think they... They've not got much pressure in the championship. But I think that that's them promoted. It might be famous last words, but I can't see them them falling off it. I can't see them anyone catching them. Uh, whether they finish first or second remains to be seen. That's still promotion. That's still success. But Bournemouth under Gary O'Neill, I, I, I used to play with Gary O'Neill, great footballing guy. I know you guys would know him as well. And I know he'll want to have a good cup run. Again, to kind of have a distraction from the domestic um, season as well. He'll like to to build his confidence, his team. I'd like to see both teams really go for it because both both of these sides supporters really, Burnley more so I feel, deserve a, a, a good cut run I feel with what's happened recently but I, I, I think this is going to be a good game but it won't be as much of a shock if Burnley do get a victory a, against Bournemouth because they seem Top of the Championship, bottom of the Premier League. They seem kind of two teams that are around the similar mark, albeit in different leagues at, at, the, at the moment. Scott? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Vincent Company went strong against United in the Carabao Cup, and I think he's setting a tone here. He's wanting his teams to go out and win every single game they can play. And obviously, it's not possible, but I, I agree with Darren. I, I'd be a massive... What would be a massive shock is that Burnley don't go up. So, it's almost that that cushion why not use it against the Bournemouth side that are under pressure I'm telling you now the last thing we all know Gary O'Neill the last thing he will want is a championship side however whatever position they're in come to their manner and and go away with with a win so I think Gary will play a strong side I think he'll have his players up for it I think he'll have his players playing that are mentally up for what is the FA Cup and what it represents against a team that technically is lower but is only just a few places lower so I think it's going to be two strong sides. I think it's going to be a really good game. But I can see Burnley nicking it. Taylor Harwood-Bellis at the heart of the uh, Burnley defence has been particularly impressive uh, for me in the early part of the season. Have you got anything, uh, Phil, our FA Cup fact file guru on Bournemouth against Burnley? Well, interestingly, the two sides met each other just two years ago when their divisional status was the opposite way around. So Bournemouth were in the Championship and Burnley in the Premier League. And... It was Bournemouth that won that day. So there was a, a shock on that day. So will history repeat and we'll see the championship side go through? You never know. Gillingham against Leicester's live on TalkSport yeah. 12.30. 12.30. Uh, 12 Gillingham bottom of League Two. Darren fancies them for an upset in this one. And how damaging would that be to Brendan Rodgers, Darren? Because this is a guy who seemed to have turned the tide just before the World Cup. And all of a sudden, it's gone back the other way again. Yeah, I mean, fancies them for an upset, I think, is is not the correct term. I just think we, we was asked to, to pick our upsets. And this this is the one I was looking at and just thought crazier things have happened so in this football. Is, this and, is the one that you want. Uh, so you want Leicester to suffer. So you're an anti-Leicester voice, are you? Is that what is that what you're saying? Absolutely not. I just like the underdog to the underdog to win. And I like the underdog to, to win. And bottom of league two, every <laughs> Everything's against Gillingham at the moment. It looks like they're going to fall out of the football league, uh, unfortunately. Uh, there's turmoil at that, at that football club. But like like I said, and Phil will tell you, crazy things happen in, in football, particularly the FA Cup. And this could be, a, this is a, definitely a welcome distraction for, for their league form. So they, they they go into this, nothing to lose, just have a good go at it. But if, if you're Brendan Rodgers and you're Leslie, for me, you're, you're, mate, you're playing your best side. You're playing your best side because... If you look at Gary O'Neill, don't want to lose against against a Burnley team. Brendan Rodgers is not not going to want to be losing to bottom of League Two Gillingham. But I just looked at this and thought the romantic romantic of the FA Cup. This could be the one that you see a, a it would be the it would be a massive upset to be honest. But they need to turn their form around. Their stuff. Uh, Brendan Rodgers is a, an experienced man. They was bottom of the Premier League a few a, a 
six weeks ago before the World Cup and he's turned that round to a certain extent. So it'll be difficult for Gillingham, but this is one that I looked at and thought, nice to see a, a massive underdog go through to the next round. Yeah, um, listen, I'm going to make two bold predictions. The first one is that Portsmouth are going to get beaten away at Tottenham Hotspur heavily. The second one is Leicester will win this one without conceding a goal. Uh, Leicester have won four of the last five away games without conceding a goal. That trend is definitely going to continue live on TalkSport 2 at 12.30 on Saturday lunchtime. Uh, Phil, have you got anything to suggest that I'm wrong? No, I think everything uh, we've talked about suggests uh, a definite Leicester victory. Uh, Gillingham haven't been beyond the third round for 18 years and uh, <laughs> I think they've, they've, they've almost scored as many goals in the cup as they have in the league. Uh, so I can't see uh, anything other than Leicester win. Okay, good luck with that. That's TalkSport 2, Saturday, 12.30. Uh, five games in total for you on Saturday on TalkSport and TalkSport 2. We're not stopping there. We've got two more FA Cup games on Sunday for you as well. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Oh, this is a ding-dong. Cardiff against Leeds, live on Talk Sport from 2 o'clock. Repeat of the... Famous giant killing from 2002 when second division Cardiff dumped out Champions League chasing Leeds United. The Leeds fans remember that. It still stings them. Um, and they're two sets of fans that don't really like each other, Scott. They are. And, and um, I'm interested in Phil's thoughts here as a fan because he's a Leeds fan. So um, we'll come to that. But look, yeah, absolutely. This is, a, this is a great FA Cup tie, isn't it? The atmosphere will be fantastic. And again, like Darren trying to sort of think about Gillingham, I'm trying to think of a way that Cardiff can do it and, and it wouldn't be as big a shock. But look, they're really poor at the moment this season. Um, two points above the relegation zone, no wins in seven. They've got Wigan next week at home. That's a massive game. And I think this is one of those where you want to be playing your best team, but you do have to have an eye on the next game, which is an absolutely crucial game. So... I, I, I can't see it. I, I think Leeds, the way they play, even if Jesse Marsh does make changes, I think that they will um, go at their normal game. And I think the intensity of Cardiff and the quality that Leeds have will be too much for the home side. Um, let's talk about uh, Leeds then with Phil and it's our FA Cup flat file guru. Uh, Leeds have struggled on their travels. They've won just one of their last eight Premier League away games. Cardiff have well to, failed to win any of the last seven fixtures. Surely Jesse Marsh cannot conspire to lose this. It, 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 all those stats don't matter. <laughs> Car Cardiff is one of our nemesis sides. We, we, we struggle against them. Yes, we lost that game in, in the FA Cup all those years ago and uh, that was the start of our downfall and decline 
you could t point it right back to that. You know, we weren't allowed to, the players weren't allowed to celebrate scoring the first goal on that day. And I think that was, uh, that was just, uh, led to uh, the disastrous result. So as, as a Leeds fan, I'm nervous going to Cardiff because they do seem to hold something over us. Um, obviously, you'd suggest, given the form, that they should at least get take them back to Ellen Road. Um, there's an interesting stat between the two clubs, though. Uh, back in the 50s, they were drawn together three times consecutively in the third round with Leeds United at home uh, each time. And every time, Cardiff won 2-1. So it was a very strange set of events. And during that time, uh, Cardiff went from being in the top flight to second division and Leeds went from the second to the first. And still, the result ended up Leeds 1, Cardiff 2. So, uh, yeah, I, we don't have a great record against them. Uh, they do seem to hold something over us and... Uh, I just keep my fingers crossed. Yeah, there you go. There's your shot. That's the one we should have picked. Uh, how naive of us not to have known that. Uh, Manchester City Chelsea is live on Talk Sport uh, as well, straight after that game, 4.30. Darren Ambrose, these two playing each other on Thursday night and then on Sunday. I mean, what does that do to your brain? If you lose the one on Thursday night, you all of a sudden you have to think about changing your team for the Sunday. If you win the one on Thursday night, do you want to try and keep the same team? I mean, Chelsea need to win both those games, really. If they don't, then their their season is sort of falling incredibly flat very quickly. Yeah, I mean, if, if you win the first one, you 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 straight in for confidence with the with the next one. Uh, and if you lose, you're looking for revenge. So I don't think playing two games in quick succession is that much uh, of an of an issue. I just feel um, both both games will be taken different differently for both managers. Um, you're looking at the the form, the current form. Scott won't like me saying you're looking like Manchester City will come through this one, but you you, you don't know. You don't know. Chelsea are a good football side. They're just not quite clicking with Graham Potter just yet. And Graham Potter's a fantastic manager. We we see that at Brighton. He does he doesn't become a bad manager overnight. Uh, I said about players not becoming bad in terms of Everton, but Graham Potter don't become a bad manager. He's just trying to play a system at the moment that the the Chelsea players are not used to, and they're not. They're not clicking, as I said, and it, it will happen. And when it happens, Chelsea will start climbing up the Premier League. And if it decides to happen against Manchester City in the FA Cup, they could, they this would be an upset, in my opinion. And that, that's mad to say, Scott, to be honest, that Chelsea beating Manchester City in the FA Cup is going to be an upset in, in, the, in the third round. It'll be a bigger upset than uh, Burnley beating Bournemouth, won't it? <laughs> it? It will be up there with, um, with Gillingham Leicester, is that what you're saying? Yeah, it probably will be the way Chelsea are playing at the moment. I mean, I, I, I was watching them play Bournemouth during the uh, during the Christmas period. They played brilliant for about forty five minutes, and in the second half decided that you know might as well just switch off now. Uh, they then went to Nottingham Forest, and again they started it okay, and then again just switched off. I mean, this form has been very poor. When you take it in the round over the course of the sort of six seven weeks leading up to the international break, and then what's happened afterwards? I mean. It, it's not great, is it? I mean, we know that they've got this new philosophy now. They want to back Graham Potter and they want to see a long-term philosophy. But, crikey, it's going to test the patience of the owner, I think. Because they're not going to finish in the top four. They may not finish in the top six. No, it will. And, and Sam, you, uh, Chelsea fans just have to be careful because Chelsea fans have been almost programmed over the last two decades where if a manager doesn't do well, he's gone. And these, these new owners are trying to do something different. So I think the biggest thing is trying to convince the Chelsea fans to stay patient. We talked earlier about, you know, sort of Everton and this toxic, toxic at the moment. You don't want to get in close to that because once the fans turn, it's difficult to turn them around. Darren's right. Look, you know, Graham Potter's still trying to stamp, put his stamp down on it. I think you're a little bit harsh in saying it's not been good for six or seven weeks before the World Cup. I think it was only really two or three. Um, but, but those results against Newcastle and Arsenal are up against the two best sides in form. Um, at that particular time. Look, you need to turn it around. We're speaking before the, the league game at the moment. I think that will play a part there. But uh, let's face it, in terms of league, Champions League, and then it's FA Cup, um, it's not the most important of the competitions. I disagree. I think it is the most important competition. I'll tell you why. Because I believe that Chelsea are not going to win the Champions League. They're not going to win the Premier League. They're not going to win the League Cup, obviously. So... so they can only win the FA Cup. So it is the most important. The most important thing, and I hate myself for saying it, is actually finishing top four. Now, I They're don't, not going to do that. They I are not going to do that. I don't think they will finish top four. I, I agree, but they have to go for that as well. That's not to say, I'm not suggesting in any way that Graham Potter should be 
not playing a, a strong side. He should be playing as strong a side as possible. And I saw Phil hold his head in his hands there when yeah, I said did. What, what I just said. And, and and he's right. And I've already said about what I feel should happen with that fourth place Champions League. But this is how modern day football has gone. Now, I want to see Chelsea winning the FA Cup. I did it with Chelsea. It's an amazing achievement. It's an amazing feeling. And they got very close last year. But I'm telling you right now, at this moment in time, in the third round, they want to be winning this game. Of course they do. But it's not the be-all and end-all. They've got to win the FA Cup, Phil. They've got to win the FA Cup. <laughs> well, they, they, they've got to win it because uh, they've got to put right a record that they gave them last season when they became the first club to lose a final three seasons on, on the top. So that'll be hurting. So they'll want to try and put that right. Um, also, they've got a fantastic record at this stage of the competition. They hold the record now for 25 consecutive seasons, progressing through to the fourth round. In fact, the last time they lost was a, an amazing 5-3 result at Manchester United in 1998. So it would be an apt bit of synergy, wouldn't it, if they end up losing to Man City 25 years later to end that run. But what would be most interesting to see is how many players play on Thursday night also play on Saturday, Sunday. It could be the biggest amount of differences between two same teams in the shortest period of time ever. Um, I'm quite hungry. I'm really hungry. I'm really like, sort of, I feel like I need a big dinner. I might wait till the end of the season, though. Oh, yeah. Why is that, Scott? Why, why should I wait till the end of the season? So, Dallas and, and Phil, I had a bet with Sam at the start of the season that I said Chelsea would finish above Spurs. Um, now, a couple of weeks ago, I thought I was nailed on that I was going to be paying, but actually, <laughs> we don't yet know. Let's wait and see, Sam. We're still not even halfway through the season yet. Let's oh, wait. I fancy a tasting menu, Scott. I fancy a tasting menu. Paired I am with scared. wine. I, oh, guys, I am scared of where he's going to chew. No, <laughs> I would be. The highlight. Be quaking uh, in your boots. Yeah. Well, he's going to have to remortgage that mansion down in Kent. Uh, right. <laughs> um, uh, Calvin, uh, listen, listen, I'm talking about uh, eating too much food. Poor old Calvin Phillips was dropped from the team because he came back from the World Cup overweight, apparently, according to Pep uh, Guardiola. He may well get a run out against uh, Chelsea on Sunday, though. Aston Villa, Stevenage. Aston Villa, uh, I, I, look, they showed good grit and determination against Wolves in midweek, but the quality of their delivery into the box was at times frightening. Leon Bailey wanted about 27 touches before he did anything during that game on Wednesday night and actually missed a huge, huge chance right at the very end. I spoke to Unai Emery afterwards and he said, look, Leon Bailey was crying in the dressing room after missing that chance, but good. He said, good. I'm pleased he was crying in the dressing room because you have to feel, you have to feel when you have a chance to win a game like that and you mess it up that it, it's got to hurt. It's got to hurt. And it did, certainly. Um, but Unai Emery is a bit of a cup specialist. And when we suggested to him that he might well rest players for this game, Darren, he said, no, why? We've got to win every single game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I've said this before. I'd like to see most teams, if not all teams, play their strongest 11s, even if it's for the first 45, first hour, get in, in front. And then, then you can make your changes. You can start resting players. It's the FA Cups, as, as we've discussed, it's, it's, it's the pinnacle for, for most football players, in my opinion, uh, unless you're going to be playing in the top Champions Leagues, etc., international football. But everyone else, play your best 11s. And as you said, he's a specialist. He's a Europa League Cup specialist. He's, he's won, I think, three or four of those. Uh, won a few in, in a few domestic cups in uh, France, I believe. So, yeah, he'll want to go far in this, in this tournament. And really... He's already got the the Aston Villa supporters on side just for the way he's come in, the way he's he's changed the 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 style, the philosophy since Steven Gerrard was at Aston Villa. But he'll, he'll want to win them over even more and going on a, a a good cup run, seeing how far they can go. Aston Villa are, are a side similar to to my side in terms of Tottenham that need to win a trophy. Doesn't matter how you keep progressing, you need to win things. You need to win a trophy to show how far you've come and. You know, there's no better man to do it in in a in a cup in a cup trophy in a cup tournament than the new Emery. Phil, any Aston Villa related FA Cup stats that you've got for us before we uh, we leave? Because they are a, they're they're a team with a decent FA Cup pedigree. Well, they are, but they haven't won the cup since 1957. So you could argue that they haven't got a good pedigree. And in fact, um, their recent form is most most alarming indeed, because they have I think they've got the current worst form of all 
clubs who enter the competition at the third round where they've been knocked out at this stage in each of the last six seasons. Yeah. So even though they're at home to a team three divisions below them, they'll be wary of the fact that their current cup form is not exactly uh, something to write home about. They have won it quite a few times though, haven't they? The FA Cup. But yeah, just, they have. Yeah, back, I mean, back in Victorian times. <laughs> exactly, yes. So, you know, they were... They, they won it back in the 19th century and, and in, during the early parts of the 20th century, as you said, 1957. So they are about the fifth or sixth best FA Cup club of all time. But if you take the last 50 years, then obviously they're not. They're one of the worst. OK, all right. So no FA Cup pedigree for Aston Villa. So Unai Emery can, can do something that no one's done in a lifetime. Or uh, they could limp out as usual. Uh, Coventry Wrexham is 5.30 Grim on Saturday. Grimsby, Burton, Luton, Wigan around the same time. Sheffield Wednesday, Newcastle looks like being a good fixture. Have you played for both those clubs, Darren? Sheffield Wednesday and uh, Newcastle? I mean, I know you've played for most teams. No, no, I've never, never played for Sheffield Wednesday. I knocked Sheffield Wednesday down to uh, League One, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't play for them. All right, okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> elsewhere on uh, Sunday, we've got uh, those three games that are live for you on TalkSport. Monday night, it's Arsenal against Oxford. We'll talk a little bit about that over the course of the weekend and the other podcasts that we are doing. We're doing another podcast tomorrow to look back on all the Premier League action after the Manchester City-Chelsea uh, game. Uh, we've got uh, live commentary of Manchester United against Everton on Friday night. Saturday, Tottenham Portsmouth, Gillingham Leicester, Blackpool versus Nottingham Forest, Brentford versus West Ham, Liverpool Wolves. Sunday, Cardiff against Leeds and Manchester City against Chelsea. So we have got an absolute mammoth, a battalion of live commentaries over the course of the weekend. I'm going to Manchester United, Everton for the TV. I'm also going to uh, Oxford versus Arsenal on Monday night as well. Very much looking forward to it. Scott, enjoy your experience down in Priestfield. But Phil, just want to give your Twitter a plug. Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at FA Cup Fact File. Um, I've got a whole load of stats and facts about the FA Cup from all the way from August all the way through to May. And you can catch up on me there. Excellent stuff. Scott, we'll see you at the weekend. Darren, uh, enjoy the weekend. You're on the boot room with uh, Crookie on uh, Sunday night. Okay, that's it from us. We'll be back tomorrow afternoon uh, with a look back at all the Premier League action. And then we've got another podcast on Monday morning for you as well. Wall-to-wall podcast because we've got wall-to-wall football on TalkSport. It's the game day podcast. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18+, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.